What's up, guys? Evolution Org podcast coming your way once again. Steve Smee here. I'm with Rick. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? Uh, podcast number 275 now. It's a good number. Yeah, we're rolling, guys. We're going to be at 300 before we know it. We have, we have some awesome topics on this episode, guys. We're going to have some fun topics, and we're going to have some steroid topics because you guys love to talk steroids. So the first one, guys, let's get right into it. Why even waste time? How to know if you got sent fake shit and what to do about it. So that's a good topic. Rick, right off the bat, um, you just got a package delivered. You open it up. You see steroids in there. And you're like, shit, what if this shit's fake? So w- what's your strategy to dealing with that? Oh, man, it's a great feeling when you get that pack. You open it, all the different vials in there. Sometimes you have to wait a little bit. And it comes in different packs. But, man, once you have your whole cycle set up, you know, back in the day, I used to have amps and vials and ready jacks. And you just have your whole setup, man, just messing with it, playing with it, arranging it, touching it. It's cool stuff. It's like, it's like Christmas morning as a kid, you know? Well, look, I started using back in the year 2000, so about 19 years ago. So things have changed quite a bit. So what do you do? Nowadays, before you even order, right, if you're going to order from overseas, if you're going to order local, if you're going to get it for somebody at the gym, you want to kind of know and talk to people that are getting this stuff already and know how it is because since there's so much underground lab stuff out there you just don't know when batches are going to be good or not so it's a good idea to always talk to people before you you purchase so i'm already assuming when it comes in that the stuff's legit because i might have already heard from people that got some of this stuff before this very same batch and i know it's good what i used to do and over the years guys have changed some of the solvents that are used But one sure thing that we used to do back in the day and it still work is you toss some of those oils in the freezer. You toss those oils in the freezer, the drop in temperature after half an hour, an hour will make those hormones drop out of solution. And you get a little bit of cloudiness right at the bottom of the bottle. Now it's oil, so it shouldn't freeze, right? Oil and alcohol in there, so so it shouldn't freeze. But a steep drop in temperature will usually be enough for you to crash that solution a little bit, at least momentarily. And then when you pull it out of the freezer, it should go right back to, uh, to being clear again. If it doesn't, you could just bathe it in a little bit of warm water and it'll, it'll jump right back. Now, it won't tell you what's actually in there. It'll be impossible to gauge what the potency is. But usually, if you want to know if there's something suspended in the oil, a cheap, easy way would be just to just toss it in the freezer and let the, the low temperature drop that right out of solution, that hormone out of solution, make, make it crystal up, clump up a little bit at the bottom. Now, again, some sources are now used in different solvents that prevent that from happening, even at low temperatures, but a lot of sources are not. So that's a real cheap way to know if there's something in there. Another one, it's basically get a blood test. A few days after you take a shot of your testosterone, get a blood test. Same thing with GH, growth hormone. If you get sent some growth hormone, you want to know if it's legit, get a test for growth hormone after you shot. And your levels should be through the roof. Testosterone, growth hormone, everything should be way up there. Also, you can buy kits for testing. Uh, I think Dave Palumbo sells, sells a kit. Bill Llewellyn sells another one, I believe. These are all kits where you can test and they'll give you different colors depending on 
what type of hormone uh, you should have in, in your steroids. Those are pretty good, three good ways of knowing if they're not legit. Now, back in the day, right, we're talking about 2000, 2001, 2002, late 90s. You used to just, if you got an amp, you shouldn't be able to scrape the numbers off with your fingernail. If you got a, a tablet, you shouldn't be able to crush it with your fingertips. Those were signs of something that was kind of bathtubs made because the real factory made stuff, you wouldn't be able to do those things. Nowadays, the tablets these sources send, they're crumbling in the bag before, before you even open them. The, you know, the amps, the, the names are rubbing off of them already. So you can't hold things up to those standards anymore like you used to, right? But those are just real easy offhand ways to figure out. Get a test, you know, buy the test from Palumbo, keep it at home. It's a good investment. And, you know, some of the other things are also getting tested. With blood work, I just, I just actually, um, I, an example, the last time I tested testosterone, what I did is I injected about 150 milligrams once a week for three weeks. And I got tested three and a half weeks after that first injection. My blood work came in over 800. So that to me was like, this is good fucking gear. Okay. My red blood cell count was high. My hematocrit was high. I knew this was good gear. My LH was, was down to zero. My FSH was down to zero. So that was the simplest way. Other steroids like Trembolone, Trembolone in blood work will artificially spike your estradiol levels, but it's not really doing it. But for some reason, the metabolites of Trembolone will show up in there. Um, DECA will also spike testosterone levels. So those particular steroids, you can run blood works and see. But otherwise, like Rick said, um, even these lab test kits that Rick was mentioning, they've actually been proven to be misleading because number one, people don't test correctly. Maybe they don't give it long enough to change colors, but also the kits themselves have proven to not be accurate. So it's really, really hard to test it, guys. You really have to, the, the first thing you got to do is research the source and make sure you're buying steroids from a legitimate source. Just don't, you know, Google steroids and, and find, find a source on there. And even at their best, when you buy a kit from one of these places that's supposed to give you a certain color for a certain compound, it won't tell you how much is in there. So a, a smart source that's trying to scam you will put in just enough to get a, a positive on the kit and then they'll scam you out of the rest of the hormone. So as far as I've been able to see so far, even that is not 100%. And what to do about getting fake stuff, you know, because that's once you, once you realize either through blood work or through the testing kids or through multiple channels that, hey, I got some fake shit, what is the best way to deal with it? Uh, what do you say, Steve? What do you, I'll kick this one back to you and then I'll, I'll add what I think. You, you have to be a little touchy with this because if you go back to the source and be, be you know, accusatory, you know, these sources, they're not exactly the most upstanding citizens. Let's put it that way. So you're probably not going to get a nice answer if you go and start accusing them of scamming you and stuff. So be diplomatic. Be like, hey, dude, listen. I got this testosterone from you. I ran blood work. Give them a copy of the blood work. You know, make sure you block out your personal information. But look, be like, look, dude, maybe I got a bad batch or something. Can you make this right? 
and, and a good source will look into it and find out what the heck happened. Maybe one of their resellers sent a bad, you know, uh, vial to you. Some, something could have happened. They'll try to make it right. And, you know, that is what you got to do. But at the end of the day, guys, it starts with the source. I, like if you're going to go buy from a legitimate source, you want to make sure that they do have a track record of correcting mistakes because it does happen. Human error. They might send you the wrong thing. It might be a bad batch. Stuff like that is going to happen here and there. So check their track record. Do they make good with their customers or do they just tell their customers to fuck off? And that would, that would also be a reason to not use them. Yeah, I think whether you're buying from some guy at the gym that you talk to or a domestic source or international source, the first step is to not go and be accusatory unless you've got something to back it up, unless you've got at least some blood test, uh, maybe some pictures of the home kit and the procedure done properly. And unless you've got something to show, you probably don't want to be accusatory. And then you also want to go back to how you got there. If you, if you bought something from someone, I would hope you got some recommendations from people that were using it first. So I start with that guy first and say, Hey, how is my vial different from yours? You know, let's, you want to compare vials. Maybe I got a later batch than you did. You know, why are you telling me you got good results? And I kind of didn't and start that way again, not accusatory. You're just researching and then approach the source. Once you've got some information, once you've got something, you approach your source, you let them know what's going on. And look, most guys, whether they're upstanding citizens or not, they're afraid of uh, bad publicity because in something like there's such thing that publicity. So you want to try to leverage that a little bit maybe and, and try to have them make it right for you. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a shameful situation. You really want to get on, on TRT and, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough situation to deal with, but you end up having to do your own research, have all the proof ready then approach your source to make it right, refund something. And without being threatened and maybe suggest that you might bring them some bad publicity, they don't, they don't make it right. Chances are that if you are right, if you indeed did go through proper kind of way of testing and you are correct, other people have reported the same. And by now the source knows that there's a problem with this batch, that there's a problem with this, with this run. And they'd be looking for people to come back and report to make it right. It's the way it should be, at least, you know. All right, guys. Next question is checklist. About to start another cycle. What are some checklists to go through? So let me let me throw out a few, and then I'll let Rick come in. Uh, the first checklist I want everybody to do is check your blood work. Okay, go get blood work done. If you go on evolution.org, you go and look at my my name on there, Steve SMI. Look at my signature. Okay, I have. A blood work link. You can get blood work done for literally 60 bucks, which will show you a bunch of things. It's going to show you anything from your liver values, your red blood cell count, to your testosterone levels, your LAH, your estrogen levels, everything. This way you can flag if anything is wrong before you run a cycle. And there may be something else wrong in there. I just had a client, he had low platelet count. And I'm like, dude, you know, you need to really check into this. It turned out he had a, he had a really bad STD and that was causing his platelet count to be low. So if he had run steroids and then during the steroid cycle, not felt well, something went wrong, something with his dick went wrong. 
like, and then he would have ran blood work on cycle. His, he would have saw that. And then he'd be like, oh shit, is it the steroids causing it or is it something else? So you have to flag these issues beforehand. Another thing you want to do as well on your blood work, obviously, is make sure your heart health is good. You want to make sure HPTA is back to normal if you plan on cycling long term. Because if you just hop on cycle while your HPTA is not recovered yet, if your LH is only at two or three and it should be at four, five, six, where it's humming really good and you're producing testosterone levels on your own, you're just going to fuck yourself up. So you want to make sure you get shit. Everything's where it should be before you start your next cycle. Be a little more patient. Literally you can wait two, three extra weeks to be safer than sorry. And then obviously with your, with your heart health, you want to make sure you're testing your blood pressure. You want to make sure your resting heart rate is, is in good, good number. I mean, if your resting heart rate's 90 or 100, you shouldn't be using steroids, period. Something is wrong. Um, so those are, those are checklists to go through in terms of health parameters. Um, Rick, what do you think about stuff like body fat levels and other, other things that uh, people should be checking off on? When you plan your cycle, you should make a calendar, a physical calendar, and fill in all of the days that you should be getting shots, what steroids you're taking. You could do it even on, on a little program on your computer. And just make sure that you have the time for everything. If there's trips, parties, whatever is going on during that time, you want to plan it out. You want to make sure you, you run a schedule. A lot of people don't do that. And they don't realize, you know, shit, I was supposed to go away this week. Shit, I had to do this other thing was coming up. So you want to get a schedule down. You also want to have all of your auxiliary meds all ready to go. If you're using something that aromatizes, you want to have your anti-estrogen on hand. You want to have all of your post-cycle therapy stuff before you even start the post-cycle therapy. You don't want to be caught in a situation where you're mid-cycle and you're scrambling to buy stuff. Things come in, they're bunk. Then you got to go and find something else. You really want it all there. You want it, as we say, as we say in the stereo world, you want it on hand. All the time so that's also good a uh, checklist uh, are you taking a multivitamin every day are you taking some creatine every day are you taking amino acids every day do you have a diet program that you're ready to go do you have a, a training program that is ready to go you know a training program that you if you're doing steroids you've been training for five years now i take it or more right so you know your body you know what kind of training program you want to put together You've been trying different diets and dialing in your, your nutrition and dialing in the foods that you can work with. Is your diet up to speed? So I'm really one for planning. You want a checklist is make a calendar with the schedule of your shots and the orals and everything. Just lay it out on a calendar. Make a, a calendar as well there, your training days, training program. Your diet program has to be already decided on. You want your PCT meds already on hand. And then the auxiliary meds, the, the in case something happens meds should be on hand as well. And you want to checklist all of those things. Make sure you have the time to do it and make sure you, got, you have all your, all your supplies to do it. And then you can roll. I think those are, those are good things. And like I said, you add that with Steve, making sure you're healthy, making sure you get blood work. Another thing I tell everybody is tell your doctor you're doing steroids. Just go tell them. Don't hide it from him. He's, he's got to take care of you anyway. Just tell him. 
say, look, I'm doing steroids. It's probably going to say, no, don't do it. And you're going to say, I've done the research. I want to do it. I'm doing them. And this is my cycle. Will you help me get blood work? Will you help me out? And I think most, most doctors will. At least if, they've, if they like their career enough to where they have some professional curiosity, they might say, look, I'm saying don't do it. But if you are, I'll check your blood work. I'll work with you. Just, just out of professional curiosity, a good doctor should do that. So should I tell your doctor. Uh, what else, Steve? You got any other? Uh, uh, body fat percentage. Um, oh, yeah. yeah you got you to gotta be, look, maybe high teens. Maybe high teens. If you're an experienced steroid user, you know what the hell you're doing. Maybe high teens. If this is your first, second cycle and, and you've, no, you got to be single digits to very low teens. You don't, you don't want to be a, you don't want to be a fat guy doing steroids. What are you doing? All right, guys. So the next question is about mental issues on cycle, how to deal with mental issues. And we see this a lot on the forums. Uh, it just seems to me that more and more people are having mental issues. And I think it, there's a lot of reasons for this. It's the foods we're eating, the water we're drinking, the environmental factors, it's the society of today, um, especially with the younger guys who grow up with the electronics. They got the phone in their hand nonstop, 24-7. They're not getting adequate sleep because they're up all night, addicted to the video games, addicted to the porn, addicted to you know, the social media and all this shit. It's a, it's a never ending thing. And I think that that's spiking the mental issues. So what are some mental issues that we get a lot of complaints with on the forums? Uh, the big ones are anxiety, uh, depression, you know, stuff like that. A lot of guys just, they can't function without taking something. They can't function without having an upper to get through the day and then they have to take a downer to go to sleep. So one of the things that I always tell people, okay, before you use steroids is you got to get balance in your life. And Rick has talked on the podcast about his anxiety issues. I'm also a very nervous person. Okay. I'm a, uh, you know, type a personality. I want to get shit done. If I have five things to do in the day, I'll get those five things done and then have five more things that I'll do. I'm, I'm, I'm like that. And it's not healthy. So what I do to kind of manage my anxiety and my stress levels is I basically just breathe, just deep breathing, relax, always view life as a, as glass, glass half full. I mean, look, we all struggle. Okay. I mean, we're all, you know, we all want more money. We all want more, you know, success. When it comes to the ladies or the guys, um, we all want more. We want the nicer car, nicer house, but you got to just appreciate what you have for a second. Just remember 80% of the world doesn't even have a, uh, if you have a wardrobe, you're already richer than the majority of the world. If you make more than a dollar a day, you're already richer than half the world. So you have to look at things like that perspective. You also have to do things that balance your life. I like to go fishing, very relaxing. I like to go to the beach, I like to go swimming kayaking. I like to do yoga, stuff like that. It helps me balance. And of course, going to the gym, going to the gym is something that de definitely balances me out. So if you get something, whatever it happens to be to balance you, then you can cure 
your mental issues before you use steroids. Because I promise you, and we see this all the time, you have anxiety issues before steroids, then you go on steroids, it's going to get worse. Depression may, may get better on steroids initially. Then when you go in your PCT, you will get even more depressed than you were before. So just get sh your shit straightened out beforehand. That's, that's what you have to do, guys. Yeah, I've seen a whole range of psychological effects from steroids. I've noticed some of myself and I've seen a ton of guys report them and I've worked with guys that had them. Everything from anger issues to uh, anxiety, you know, depression or even too much confidence, you know, over, over becoming overconfident while on cycle can also lead to bouts of depression when you're off cycle. So you have to be really conscious of your feelings and really conscious of what's going on. Anxiety, in my personal case, I found that my anxiety came a lot more from just having poor digestion at the time than steroids or, or even real life situations to be anxious of. You know, you, you have neurons down there in, in your intestines, a good amount of them. And if your digestion is not proper, there's a good chance you'll get anxiety. And then over time, it'll progress to where anxiety wouldn't want to make you go to the bathroom. And then needing to go to the bathroom will give you anxiety. And it becomes a whole digestive situation. By using probiotics, dietary fiber, digestive enzymes before every meal, I've been able to just cure myself of that, that weird ongoing anxiety that I always had, which turned out to be all these years, just really bad digestion issues. And not, me not having a proper balance of probiotics in my gut. And that really gave me a lot of anxiety for many years. And that's what helped me. Anger issues on, on steroids. Anger issues on steroids, most people are going to have. And if you have anger issues and you're prone to maybe doing things or saying things that you shouldn't when you're angry, one suggestion I have for you, it's called, um, it's called mindfulness. It's a sort of, it's a type of meditation you can do. It's called mindfulness. And I won't go too deep into it because there are a lot of uh, YouTube videos and books that explain all about it. But if you have anger issues, mindfulness become like a superpower because you can kind of always take a step back and kind of understand your anger and, and look at it. And you'll be able to make sense out of it pretty quickly. And I think that helps everybody, even with steroids. Just mindfulness meditation. It only takes a few minutes a day, and you could do it pretty much anywhere. And the difference between mindfulness meditation as opposed to like other meditations, just to put it in a in a short version, is you're just kind of worrying about what's there. You're feeling everything from your clothes to if you're comfortable to where you're sitting. You could do it in the bathtub, nice warm bathtub. You just want to feel comfort and not be depressed by the past or not worry about the future. Just want to feel comfort, comfort, and that your body's comfortable. The way maybe your dog would. You know, your dog is not worried about the bills. He's not worried about nothing. As long as his belly's full and he's, he's warm, he's pretty much happy. If the dog's laying down warm, belly's full, and you're petting it, that darn thing is happy. It's not thinking about the future, the past, the present, nothing. You're just alive in the moment. And that's called mindfulness. And it doesn't take long to develop couple of weeks of some mindfulness meditation and man that anger that used to kind of take over you and make you do things you otherwise wouldn't do you'll be able to you'll still get angry but you'll be able to take a step back and and look at it with a different mind uh 
as far as overconfidence and then depression issues, which I seem to see a lot, some guys on steroids will go on a long cycle and then they'll go and start a fight with their mate and leave their mate or, you know, leave their job to start a new project or, or become entrepreneurs. And then for one reason or for another, they cycle off. And then the lower hormone levels makes their brain work just a little bit different. And now you're not as confident that you want to go out there and screw every, every girl out there. Now you miss your mate. You miss having someone you're lonely. And maybe you started that job that maybe you left your job and went and did something and you're in the middle of uh, starting a new project, a new career, entrepreneurship, whatever it is. And now you're not on cycle and you just don't feel as confident anymore. And then you start, you might end up getting depressed about some of the decisions you just made. So you have to be wary of that. The steroids, the extra androgens will make you feel way more confident, confident enough to get divorced, confident enough to quit your job and go join another career or fill in whatever other situation you might think that you will just get more confidence. And then when you cycle off and you, uh, you bitch up a little bit, you might feel like you, you, know, you wrote a check you just can't cash anymore by making these big decisions and big moves when you thought you would be confident all the time and now you're not as confident, but you're on this boat now. So things like that will happen to people on steroids because steroids will, they will change the way you think in a lot of ways, kind of for the better, but life changes. Maybe some of the decisions you will make on the source, you might not make otherwise. These are just things you have to be very conscious of that steroids outside of just making changes to your body and the way you look, they're also going to make you behave differently to a certain degree. Let me just throw in two, two things here. Um, piggybacking on what Rick said, gut health, guys, we can't see what's going on in our gut. So a lot of us think, you know, I can't see what's going on in the gut. Everything must be good. Hey, I got big biceps, right? I got nice abs. You can't see what's in your gut, guys. But the thing is, your gut health is a big, big deal. So a lot of you out there have poor gut health. You're not absorbing your nutrients like you used to anymore. That's going to cause a problem, you know, and the way you reverse that problem, guys, is you have to, you have to do change certain things. Could be meal frequency, you know, you got a brain down there. You know, you have a brain down there in your gut. Basically there's another brain down there. Look, Everybody listen to, the, to this podcast every morning on your way to work, if you on your way to the gym, you know, you turn the lights on to tie your sneakers, don't you? Something you could probably do with your eyes closed, but you still turn the light on. Now imagine your gut having to take all this food, absorb what's good, let go of what's not, deal with viruses and bacteria that maybe have gotten on this food. Does, your gut does a ton of complicated things in complete darkness, right? So you've got to figure there's got to be something else going on there. You have, you have another brain down there. And if your gut health is not up to par, there's a good chance you can suffer from anxiety and be prescribed Xanax and be doing all kinds of stuff to try to get rid of anxiety. And all you maybe needed to do was just take some probiotics, uh, digestive enzymes, make sure to populate your gut with the proper flora, the, the good bacteria that you need. And overnight almost feel great and, not have to take any of those medications you have another brain down there and sometimes that brain is trying to tell you things and you just have to listen yeah also also meal frequency guys you keep throwing 
food at your body every two hours, waking up middle night, throwing food at it. It's absurd. You can't be doing that. Eat more fast digesting foods, eat in a four, six hour window. That's going to be the best thing for your gut health. One more point too. This is something that I saw just today from an emergency room doctor. They said the number one reason for visits, to the emergency room is stress, stress related and stress. So stress doesn't just affect your mind. It also affects your overall health. It can affect everything from your heart health to, to anything and really anything in your body. So it's a very serious thing in Western medicine. They don't really even like believe in stress. They think that, you know, a it's, you've got this wrong with you. You got that wrong with you. But a lot of these illnesses out there from people, a lot of these mental illnesses and physical illnesses can be linked back to stress. So think about that guys. How many times today did your heart jump out of your chest over something? Whether it be your wife yelling at you, your boss yelling at you, um, losing money in the stock market, any of these stressful situations, this, the dickhead, you know, flicking off on the, on the street, any of those things that causes you to become angry and stressed out, you have to reduce them guys. It's, you have to be more a calm person and that will help really, that's going to make your results so much better in, in, uh, in fitness. All right, guys. So next topic is my wife wants a baby and I'm on the sauce. How do I get her knocked up? So we get this question every day. It's basically a fertility question. I'm going to let Rick in this because Rick has much more experience than I do when it comes to babies. But let me just say this, guys. When you use anabolic steroids, exogenous hormones, your sperm count and your motility, motility of the sperm is going to be reduced. The good news is it only takes one sperm. The bad news is your odds get lower and your sperm become weaker. So think about that before you start abusing steroids. Um, if you want to have kids, you have to keep that in mind. But I'm going to let Rick in because Rick knows this stuff. So the first thing I say is you need to see a fertility doctor to help you out. But I'll give you some advice to go along with what your doctor uh, says. Now, Good news is if you get off the steroids long enough, you will get, most of the time, you will get your fertility right back. It happened to me with my first son. I used steroids for a good while as birth control. And then I got off of them. I didn't think, of, I didn't think it would happen so quickly, but just a couple months later, you know, I got my girl pregnant with my first son. And steroids are very, very effective way for males to control fertility usually when you get off this stuff two months later you should be back to normal seeing a fertility doctor helps because he'll be able to perform some tests maybe prescribe some fertility medications and help out on that end but your end first thing you need to do is get off the sauce it'll be pretty tough to get her pregnant on steroids ever second thing your doctor might have you take some clomid some hcg those things help fertility a ton too. Um, I personally like my product and I've seen a lot of guys report good results with my product with N2Generate. My, my last son, my third kid, he's an N2Generate kid. I was on cycle, testosterone decanoate, bolded on cyclinate. And right, right as I was finishing up, 
I started taking the H Generate. And at a time that I thought I'd be infertile, like <laughs> I got her pregnant. So you could use some herbal stuff that seems to help fertility and it has for ages. I mean, steroid users are not the first men to have trouble conceiving. Men have had trouble conceiving as long as history has been written. So a lot of herbal medications have been used throughout the ages to help men conceive some more effective than others. Today's age, you can try some of the synthetic stuff, Clomid HCG and try some herbal concoctions that have been used for ages, like when you use Antigenerate, which has a bunch of uh, different herbs in it. So those things all help, but the main thing is you gotta get off the sauce. Gotta get off the sauce, and I recommend seeing a fertility doctor because she needs to get checked out also and make sure that she can also conceive. That's also a, a thing you, you, both, you both wanna make sure that your doctor is, says, yeah, you're both good. So what do you think, Steve? If you guys, Google uh, vitamin E and Clomid, you'll see there are a couple studies that have come out, which were very encouraging when it comes to fertility And the number one ingredient. If you look up into generate is vitamin E. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Whoever came up with that formula knew what they were doing. Um, but those other herbs that are in that product, like the Fidosia and the fenugreek and the tribulus, those all help with libido, erectile dysfunction, and boosting you know fertility so what i would do is i would definitely consider you know using the clomid mm -hmm. using those herbs using the vitamin e and to generate i would not use hcg and the reason i wouldn't is hcg is still suppressive so i would take a more long-term approach because the clomid is going to be safe to use off cycle and then the herbs are going to be safe to use off cycle not vitamin e is off safe but hcg is not because the ACG will basically mimic your LH and cause your pituitary glands to slow down. So I wouldn't go the ACG route um, unless you were extremely desperate and it was like a last resort, but I would stick with those other um, ideas. Um, I've known a lot of guys on the forums who have been able to conceive while being on steroids, even guys on TRT. So, like Rick said, um, really good idea for you to go get uh, sperm tested and see how much sperm is in your system versus how much is normal. And then you can kind of get an idea from there because some guys will get sperm tested and there'll be like virtually no sperm. And then if that's the situation, then you know you're pretty fucked. Um, but if you run a sperm count and you at least see some sperm, then you'll know that you're not shooting blanks. And you can kind of keep trying, keep trying, keep trying and, you know, work with your fertility doctor to see what are some strategies. I mean, I personally, I, I, I haven't researched it. I don't know if maybe you're supposed to have sex on a certain day. I think when the woman's ovulating is the best time to have sex. All that stuff can be explained by the doctor. I, I really don't know much about it. But, you know, those are the most common sense things, guys. But at the end of the day, you're on exogenous hormones. It, your sperm count is going to drop, your motility is going to drop. So you need to stop those hormones. Even if you've been on steroids like for one or two years straight, I'm sorry, it's going to suck to come off. But if you really want to do it, that's what you got to do. Anything else to add, Rick? Yeah, that's it. I mean, like anything, fertility is, it's just genetics. You know, your body can bounce right back or it can't. Also age. <clears throat> yeah, the guys that have, 
made babies even while on steroids. I haven't followed it up completely to know if it's really theirs because that can happen also, right? But uh, but some guys can get have reported having their getting their significant other pregnant on steroids. For to me personally, it's been a very effective birth control using testosterone. It's been incredibly effective, and when I've haven't believed in the testosterone that's when I've conceived or when I added my end to generate when the first, when the product was, you know, fresh on the scene, I added it to the end of my cycle and my fertility came back real, real quick. So yeah, vitamin E and Clomid. I saw that study. It's a good study. Uh, H generate is in there. So uh, if you want like really nice organic vitamin E and to generate ES, the ES version, we put in like super organic vitamin E. That's really nice in there. So you could check that out. So next topic is another fun one. Uh, Rick, I'm going to get you in this first. Um, it's should I get my wife or girlfriend into the gym lifestyle or steroids? And of course, if you're a woman, same thing goes for a guy. And if you're in a uh, gay relationship, same thing goes that way as well. So should you get your significant other into the gym lifestyle and steroids? What do you think, Rick? I'm going to let you have first crack at this one. You could try, but don't get frustrated when they don't. If that's important to you, then, and they don't work out, maybe they shouldn't have never been your significant other to begin with. You got, you can try it out, but it's either in you or not to work like that. You know, it's either in you or not to, to work, to work hard, to work out. Some people go to the gym and they feel the pain and they can't get enough. You know, we know the type, right? And some people can't, some people go, they muscles hurt. They don't, they can't understand why they're doing it. You know, the pain doesn't bring them back. The pain makes them go away. So it really depends on the person. Look, you can help, you can offer, but the way you know if somebody's not going to cut it, it's because they start talking about the way they look and my looks and my looks before they even really have a routine down before they get in there and learn about exercise. You know, most of us that train on a daily basis, we just do it because we love it. It, it's just something you have to do. It's, it's more of a mental scape than really what you look like. So can you get them into the gym lifestyle? Like the old saying, you can take the horse to water, can't force them to drink. You could do it. You could bring them. You could try, offer it. You can do the best you can to, to help them along. But don't get frustrated when they don't take it up because just this lifestyle going in there and, and seeking pain and kind of punishing yourself. It's not for everyone. I think it's within most of us humans to be work animals and, and want to just work our bodies every day where we're, we started, you know, evolution, we were working, but not everybody feels like it. And you have to, you can't push it on anybody's my my last opinion on it. So, my my current girlfriend she never stepped foot in the gym before and i don't really care you know and the reason i don't care is because i don't need my significant other to go with me to do things like everything i like to do i like to go to the gym by myself handle my business and that's it i prefer that i like to go at my own pace i've dated girls who love going to the gym with me they begged me to go to the gym with them. I, you know, and I had this girlfriend, she was like 105 pounds and I took her to the gym with me 
and we're like doing bench press and I'm doing like three plates and then it's her turn to go and she can barely do the bar. So I have to unload the, the, the weights and then re-rack them and all this back and forth. It's not a good workout, okay? So why do you need to go? If you are that lonely and you need someone to go to you to gym, find a gym buddy to go with who's someone at your level or something. My, my view on relationships, guys, is, is simple, okay? Find two or three things you love doing with this person. You have to have two or three things that you guys love doing together. It doesn't have to be specifically anything to do with fitness or working out or whatever. And I'm serious, guys. It's so much nicer just to be with someone and they're on their program and you're on your program. Your thing that you like to do to get away when you're living with someone, you like to just go to the gym and have that alone time is a beautiful thing. She likes going to the mall to get have her alone time. That's a beautiful thing. There's no reason for me to drag her with me to the gym if she's not interested in it. Just like it's not pertinent for me to waste my time going with her for the mall for five hours on a Sunday when I could be at home watching football in the afternoon. Right? Does that make sense? So there's no reason to force. And it's not. And my, my view is, look, you know, it's not that important to me for the person I'm with to have my exact lifestyle. It just isn't. Everyone has their own thing. So don't, there's no reason to force them to do something they don't want. Yeah, you're right. Look from an attraction standpoint, for some reason, us men, we seem to be attracted to women that have like interest. But when you're in the relationship, like Steve said, having some room is actually not a bad thing. You know, this is why you see like modeling pictures of like chicks with guns or chicks in football gear, girls that talk about football and watch football. These are all things that us men think make women attractive. The fact that they have like interest, like women who ride motorcycles, guys who like motorcycles love to see a girl on a motorcycle, all these things. But when it comes to having a relationship and just having some of your own time, you know, just leaving the house for two hours to the gym. You socialize with a different set of people. She's not there. You might enjoy that. Me personally, I want her to look good. So if she's not already into the gym, into exercising, I'm not even considering anything long-term with her. But you have to know yourself. If that's important to you, for your mate to look good, to be pursuing a higher level in her physique, then don't settle for somebody that doesn't. That way you're not you're not sitting there frustrated because you're trying to get this person to adopt a lifestyle that they will never adopt. Just know yourself and know those things and don't settle. A simple way for that, Rick, is I've had you know discussions with people like this. But a simple thing is just meet a girl at the gym. If you really, really want a girl who's into fitness, meet a girl at the gym, meet a girl at yoga, meet a girl at CrossFit. There's all kinds of ways to meet people. Um, there's a lot of girls that go to CrossFit, by the way. There's a lot of girls that go to yoga. Most 80% of the yoga classes are going to be women. I'd say a good 40% of CrossFit classes are going to be women. So that's a great place to meet tons of females. And, um, you know, that would be an option for you if, you're, if that's something. I had an argument with someone um, the other day because he wanted someone who was his particular religion. And he got upset because his girlfriend wouldn't go with him to church. And I told him, I'm like, dude, if that's so important to you for her to go to church with you on Sunday, then why don't you just meet a girl at your church in the first place? If that's the number one thing you want, meet them there. That's, that's a beautiful thing. I personally, my type of woman, I like a woman who's at the library. Okay. I like a smart, intelligent woman 
who's beautiful, naturally beautiful. That's my number one thing. I like those, those smart, nerdy, geeky type of girls who can challenge me, you know, um, and challenge my mind, who I can sit there and have a conversation with. Those are the girls that I'm attracted to. But if you're attracted to the physical nature of women, go meet a girl at the strip club. Go meet a girl at the, at the you know, at the gym. I mean, whatever you're into, meet them in that particular thing. But at the end of the day, very, very important. Don't get me wrong. There needs to be two or three things you have in common with this person. You don't want to be like in a relationship or a marriage where you don't like to do anything with the other person. So that's, that is my one rule with that. Anything else to add, Rick? Yeah. One, if you're a meathead and you're not into, into drinking and you're not into doing some of these things and you meet a girl that you're interested in, one good thing you can do is just invite her to do the things you like to do and see how she likes it. Don't go out of your way to go to the bars or go to the fast food restaurants just to try to get that booty. And then you develop feelings and now you're kind of unhappy because you found yourself in a relationship with somebody that doesn't share your interest and, and your standard of, of life. So ask her, hey, say, hey, come on, let's go bike riding. Come to the gym with me. I'll get your guest pass. Let's go hiking. You know, let, let, invite her to do, go do fun things that are along the lines of what you like to do. And if she likes it, if she comes along with you, then you've got something. You've got something going on. But if she'll only go to the bar, if she'll only go to like restaurants where the food is snack great, if she only wants to just watch television, if she only wants to go to the movies and eat popcorn, she only likes to do those things. She has no interest in anything you like from the start. That's likely not going to change. So one good thing is when you meet somebody, start taking them, inviting them to do the things you like to do. And if they come along and they have a great time, you're half of the way there. Look, the best thing when you have a partner is just being able to enjoy time together. That's it. Just be able to enjoy time together and have good sex. That's about it. Enjoy good time together and have good sex. If you could do those things, you, you've got a winner. So yeah, don't, don't get frustrated in the relationship. Like you're already with this person for a while and then you're trying to get them into the gym and they just won't do it, but they complain about being overweight, but they just won't eat right. But they complain about not feeling good, but they just won't go to the gym but they complain about their clothes not fitting anymore, but they just want, look, if you're in this relationship for months now and you're just figuring out that this bothers you, it's, you got some soul searching to do because you should have never been in this situation to begin with. You should have started to, to draw the line and set the bar from the beginning of the relationship and not giving into maybe loneliness and find yourself in a relationship with somebody who just doesn't have any of the qualities that you truly value. So the second part of the question was about steroids really quick. Um, Rick, have you ever dated a woman who came to you and be like, Hey, I want to, I want to take steroids or I want to yes. take. So how yeah. would you approach that situation? I've dated actual fitness models that compete and take steroids. And I've dated women that were just somewhat athletic. I've dated women that had no interest in athletics and they all ask for something. The ones that have no interest, they want a magic pill that'll make them lose weight. The ones that are somewhat athletic, they'll want a little push something that will, that will help them come along in the gym faster. And then the competitors that I've dated, they want the secret sauce. <laughs> they want, you know, they want the secrets. They want, they want it. So I mean, I've, I've dated all types of women. And yeah, every, everybody wants a magic pill. It's just as far as steroids. Look, you, if she has no interest in the gym and she hasn't trained naturally for years, 
that's not even an option. You know, first you got to eat right. First you got to train consistently. Then we'll move on to some over-the-counter supplements. Way down the line, we'll, we'll think about maybe a tiny bit of Anovar, but that's years later. That's pretty easy. All right, guys. So our last question, this is going to be an even more fun one, is my wife, girlfriend, works out with a guy at the gym, and I don't like it. So it kind of ties into the last one, <laughs> you know? So how'd you get into that mess in the first place? Why are you not working out with her, but she's working out with another guy? That's, that's kind of weird. Rick, what do you think about this one? Okay, so the guy who doesn't work out, but his girlfriend is into the gym, which it does happen, he's not listening to this podcast. But yeah, that happens. Maybe your girl is into the gym big time and you're not. So she's at the gym working out with a, with a gym buddy, right? Look, I've worked out with other dudes' girlfriends before. Completely innocent. It, it happens. Sometimes the guy's out of town. Sometimes the guy, whatever reason, he's injured, you know, whatever it is. So it does happen. I've had, it, I've had the situation happen to me, but let, let, let me explain though. If you have a girl who's at your level or not as physically fit as you are, and for some reason you find yourself in a situation where you're working out by yourself and she's working out with another dude, there's a lot to, to think about there, okay? And I'll get back to that a little bit in a minute, but there's a lot to think about there. In my situation where I've dated fitness models, fitness girls, it just comes with the territory, man. Like, you know, she could be my girlfriend, but today she's going to publish a picture at the gym with some other fitness dude. And, you know, they'll be kind of in a, in a half hug and a selfie and tag him up and my favorite gym partner. That's just what you deal with. It just comes with the territory. It's happened to be a bunch of times. You just have to be secure and don't think about it. <laughs> just say, fuck it. Because it, it comes with the territory. If she's at that level, she's a fitness competitor. Not only does she need to kind of mingle and make, make a network in the industry, uh, she will exchange training advice with other competitors. And it's just a thing. It happens. But, man, if she's just a regular girl, like regular girl, maybe you're at a higher fitness level than she is. And she's working out with some other dude for some reason. That's, that's tough, man. That I don't. You've got to really think about that situation deeply. What do you think, Steve? I never worked out at the gym with, with another female. Um, I've worked out, you know, with gym buddies and stuff. We spot each other. That's about far. But I have, back when I was a runner, I would definitely have, um, there were a couple chicks. One chick who I met at some 5K races because we both would be the same um, we'd have the same 5k speed and we'd always pace with each other. So, you know, we got to know each other and then we actually started running together. We go to parks and stuff and run together because we both were the same speed. So we wanted to kind of pace with each other. Another woman, same thing. We were kind of the same speed. I was probably a little faster than her. So we'd kind of, you know, go together and stuff. We lived close by. They both were married. I've never, um, you know, known what their husbands thought of that. Um, I know if in my situation, if, you know, my girlfriend or wife were to work out with a guy, I would, I would probably be okay with it, but I could definitely see like, if you were like insecure in a relationship, that would be kind of weird. Cause I was running with these chicks, like in the middle of the woods and stuff, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not sure a, a husband would, would feel safe with some, some guy running with their girlfriends in the middle of the woods. 
So I can see why uh, you might be upset uh, with that. So, but it, it's hard. It's hard to see. I, you know, I I don't have a problem if my girlfriend you know talks to talks to a guy or something. But it'd be it'd be you know it'd be kind of weird to have her go running with a guy in the middle of the woods. So I think I'd be probably against that specifically. Well, because you're fit and you like running, so why isn't she running with you? Like, why is the reason that? you're working out, but she's not working out with you. In my situation, when I, when I dated fitness girls, competitors, we'd be in different cities sometimes. And sometimes they would train a lot longer th than I would. You know, I'd have my small cardio in the morning, a little bit of weightlifting um, in the afternoon and, you know, for, for their week schedule. Sometimes, some of these girls were on seven day week schedules, you know, uh, some of them took maybe a day off every eighth day. I mean, just weird stuff. And it kept them in the gym longer, they would travel. So why is she working out with somebody else? Her, her husband, um, I actually told her, I asked her about it. Her husband was just like a big, big dude. Um, so he, uh, he wasn't a runner at all. I've never seen him do a run or nothing. And then the other woman, her husband was, um, her husband did run, but he wasn't a serious runner. He wasn't like one of those runners that would run like every day, every other day. He would run like once a week or something. So that's, that was why. And like the, you know, so it was one of those situations. It'd be like going to the gym and the, the guy either doesn't go to the gym or he just goes to the gym once a week, but she goes to the gym almost every day type of situation. You know, I get it. Yeah. Well, I've had girlfriends that weren't that, that weren't that athletically inclined, but they still wanted to work out a little bit. So I just found a way to just adjust their training program so that they could train with me. You know, I'd get in there. Of course, I did my cardio in the morning. So I don't need a lot of cardio when I get in the gym. But my girl, my, this might be the only time she gets in the gym in the afternoon. So she'd do way more cardio than me at the start. And then towards the end of the workout, I'd be almost done with my workout. And then she'd come in and jump in with me. And you just adjust it, you know. When you're working with pulleys, real easy to just put the pins in and out and change, and change weights for her. You know, one trick uh, for doing bench press, which you just mentioned, is if you do bench press with a girl, most girls should be able to spot you just fine. You can't be doing crazy weight there. Whatever lift she gives you should be enough to get, get it off your chest unless you're trying to max out. Then you need a guy. And then when it's her turn, instead of breaking down your weight, just keep two small, like, dumbbells there and have her do, like, flies, like chest press with dumbbells, and then have her sit on the seat the opposite way and you spot her. That way you don't have to go through all this shit of breaking down your bench and she could still work out with you in the same area when it comes to chest exercise. So that's real easy. And like I said, with the pulleys, Smith machine, you could just, you could, you could find a way to incorporate her workout into your somewhat that's not intrusive and you still get to spend some time with her and help her out and, and all of these things. So you could get tricky with it, but yet look with women, you never really know if we're talking about just being insecure with women, you can never really know because when you're a guy and you're cheating, you're trying to keep your you're trying to keep your side piece far and away from your girl. If your girl's cheating, I mean, she you might you might be sitting down having a drink with the guy and not know it. It's really you have to know her. You have to know her, and you know what kind of woman she is. If you're in denial, it's a completely different story. But deep down inside, you know who she is. And you know if you got something to be worried about or not. You just know it. And if you're not that perceptive and, and you or you lie to yourself and you can't be truthful to yourself about her, you just won't know. 
because like I said, women just don't have that need that us men do to keep their lovers far and away from you. The guy she's screwing, you might see that guy every day. And he'll keep it gangster. He won't let you know there's nothing wrong, <laughs> you know? So it's just something to know about. If you're really insecure, then it's her and the relationship. It has nothing to do with her working out with the guy. It could be completely innocent. You know, women are like that. They'll put you in that friend zone and completely innocently see you on a daily basis for training, for whatever, and you're in that friend zone. Or if she wants you, you'll be her lover. And, you know, part of your job will be to maybe look her husband in the eye a few times a week. It's just how it goes. You just, you have to know your relationship. There's not a, like a one size fits all solution for that. Don't you have a story, Rick, about, about this? Uh, have you ever been cheated on, Steve? So I'm sure I have. Yeah, of course. No, I'm not as sure you have. Have you ever confirmed you were cheated on? Not confirmed. Uh, okay. Not confirmed, but I'm pretty sure, everybody, yes. Everybody, have, everybody out there that has confirmed, not suspicions, confirmed that the girl cheated on them will track back and notice the change in personality right away. That's another thing about men. Men can cheat and personality not change much. Maybe you start loving up on your girl a little bit more. Unless you fall in love with the other one, then you got a problem. But most men, you girl might not know. You might even become more affectionate towards your significant other when you cheat. But I think on the other hand, just experience has shown me that whenever I realized I got cheated on, I could track back to when it was going on and the personality changes and the inconsistencies and all that, that was all there. It was, it was all there from the start. So, and, and also, like I said, when you are a man and you've got that side piece, you try to keep her as far away from your girl as you can. Because if you, if you let them be, be near each other, it'll blow up in your face pretty quickly. Women don't have that kind of necessity. Women can, can ride that out for years. And the guy will be, like I said, he'll be real gangster about it, won't let you know. And if you're in denial and you don't pick up on the cues from her, coming from her, because you're in denial, then you'll, you'll never really know unless you catch them. She won't know. All right, bud. Any, anything else to add? You had a story or, or no? No, man. My uh, cheating stories were, were never with the fitness girls. It was with the, it was with the ones that like drinking and, and going to the clubs, but never with the fitness chicks. That I, at least they didn't get caught, right? At least it ain't, never came out, but that's it. I don't know. You so, how did, so, so, so let me ask you this. How did you confirm that they cheated? You like walked in on them while she's giving another guy, while she's a fucking other guy. Like how can you confirm cheating? How do you confirm it? How did you confirm it? Yeah. Who's, okay. So, so women tend to be pretty masterful at cheating more so than, than men are. I think men, we get caught a lot yes. quicker. Yes. Um, she had to admit it. I just brought her to a point where she would admit it. Let's just okay. put it that. But she you know, could have still I, been lying. I, it wasn't Ryan Clapp. You, you know, could can, still be saying that. You know, a lot of men, once they say no the first time, they'll usually stick with no forever. I think women, you can make them come around and finally tell the truth. And if you just have kind of the proof and the, and the situation, you, you usually get it to confirm. But just, just, just don't ignore personality changes the the main reason why some men are cheated on for years and never know it's because you lie to yourself about 
the way she's changed. And you lie to yourself about the reasons she's kind of changed. You ever watch that show Cheaters? A couple of times I've seen it. Yeah. So I've yeah. Seen yeah. It. It, that's exactly like the guy will notice like, Oh, she's treating me different. She's not spending time with me. She, the guy will notice the, the, the state. Have you ever, have you ever cheated on your girl? Have I ever cheated on my current girlfriend? No, not the current, just a girl period. I'm just trying to get a base a baseline for the difference between the way men behave and women behave when we're, when we're cheating. Have you ever cheated on your girl? A council has advised me to plead the fifth amendment. Plead the fifth. Okay. okay would, you, <laughs> would you agree? Okay. So I'm sure you have friends that you can confi people confide in you. Would you agree that when men are cheating, we, we can look at our girl in the eye and behave like nothing's going on, but women, their attitude will change. Am, am I just being sexist? I mean, the, am I right? I think as women emotionally attached to men, so they can only emotionally attach to one guy at a time. So if they're really like fucking some other guy and they got feelings for the other guy, they're going to look at you like in a different light. You see what I'm saying? I think that's what it is. And plus women are much more savvy at hiding the cheating because women cheat according to these dating experts that I've books I've read and stuff. Women actually cheat more than men. But the thing is, they get caught way less because they're smart about it. Men are stupid. Men will like be texting a girl. Men would be texting a girl in the bathroom while on the toilet. And then the girl's like, why are you taking your phone into the bathroom? What are you hiding from me? She'll look in your phone. She's very clever about that. And you're too stupid to delete the messages. But her, on the other hand, she's very clever. She'll like, as soon as a guy texts her, she'll delete it right away. And, and she won't leave her computer email on or Facebook on like you will. Yeah, and the other thing is when, when you're in a relationship as a guy and you're trying to finesse another girl to become your side piece, you really have to talk to her throughout the day. You got to do a little bit of work. If your girl, on the other hand, has some, somebody she's working on, they don't talk all day. They have very small, short spans a day when they communicate, and then they're, they're fine the rest of the day. It's a different dynamic for a guy to pamper his side piece than it is for a girl to kind of keep her her lover, you know, her side guy in line. It, it, there, there's definitely that. And the other thing, another thing that I've noticed is this. When women cheat, they've thought about it. They've kind of gone through it. They figured this is the guy, why he's the one. And when they, when they finally do it, they're, they're pretty sure. Men, we're, we kind of just take the chances. If you're a man, whatever, whatever may not be your first pick, but she's the one that's, that's down to, to you know, be with you even though you have a, a mate. Sometimes when you come back from those encounters, the lies and everything you have to go through to get a little bit of private time with your side piece, sometimes you come back just a little bit disappointed. And that night you lay down next to your girl and you hug her just a little bit tighter and you kind of go like, fuck, I wish I, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> or I kind of maybe just did something I wasn't supposed to for something that wasn't worth it. Like that'll happen a lot because men, we we kind of have to grab a little bit of what's available. Women, on the other hand, they kind of can throw the right signals at any guy. And almost most guys will be willing to become a, a lover, you know, a side guy for, for most girls if they give them the right signals. So that's a little bit of a change in the dynamic, I think, between the way women and men tend to cheat. Yeah, it's, it also women tend to cheat with people they know or no, it could be a coworker, 
ex-boyfriend because I've banged ex uh, ex-girlfriends while they've been in relationships with other guys all the time all the time yeah. number one all the time so you know that's that's one of the things but men we tend to just go on tinder and meet her some random girl with a bang and cheat that way so again women or tend to or a cruise yeah anything or, like or that the one, or the one girl in the gym that'll screw anybody and everybody or the one girl at work that's pretty easy to get to or the yeah that's how it goes Take take what you can get as a, as a married guy, as a guy living with a girl. You kind you kind of take what you can get. Yeah, but then the way guys, I mean, being in a relationship with a woman, you guys agree, you know, to be to be um, exclusive. You have that talk. There's no reason to cheat. And you know, I've been in plenty of relationships where there's absolutely no cheating on on both ends, and it's uh, it's nice to be in that secure, uh, safe relationship. Um, to do that. And, um, and I've been in relationships where there's cheating back and forth, you know, um, I've cheated on her, she cheated on me. And we kind of talked about it and said, you know what, you know, but it wasn't really uh, a situation where it was, it was ironclad seriousness. So you've got to like, you know, just, uh, you know, do it the right way. Might as well just do it the right way. If you're going to be serious in a relationship, and if you're not capable of doing that, don't, don't get married. Don't, don't get engaged. Don't be in a serious relationship. And it would make life a lot simpler if everyone, you know, did that. So, you know? Yeah, definitely not being forthcoming with the rules of the game and, and how things could develop. That's a problem. You know, you can't get into some kind of promises of monogamy if you're going to continue to screw the people that you've been, that you've been messing with all along. You can't, you can't do that. You can't tell someone you're going to be monogamous, but then you're going to be on Tinder and going to be looking for some stuff on the side. If that's what the situation is, you know, I'm talking from a guy's point of view, right? If that's the situation, man, just be honest with the chick. Just tell her, look, I, I kind of date other girls here and there, but I like you. Let's date. Let's go out, maybe have some sex. And then if things go well and develop, maybe you and I will both decide that we're going to, that we're gonna be exclusive as time goes on. But what happens a lot is you get into a relationship, but you've been maybe seeing people here and off, you've been screwing your ex that already has somebody else and you've got all these things going on. And then you, you start something new with someone, but you don't, you don't put those things to rest. You don't put those things completely on ice because you don't know how it's gonna work out with this new person. So you end up just telling lies all around. You don't need to do that. You'd be surprised how many women will accept a casual, non-committed relationship. You'd be really surprised nowadays if you just forthcome in and say, look, maybe we can develop something serious. We're exclusive after we've given each other a good test drive for, for 90 days. And then we'll make some commitments. But between now and then, let's not make commitments to each other about exclusivity and monogamy until we know each other well enough to know if we're willing to give up all of our, you know, all of our side pieces and all of our little, little play toys before, uh, you know, you don't know. I mean, how do you know if you're willing to be completely monogamous to this person and get into a relationship? You haven't even had sex with them that many times. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's just something. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, again, like so many guys, they go and get married. Um, I have friends of mine, they did that. They went and got married to the first girls they were in a relationship with. And then they, 
they would go to Vegas and get strippers and get hookers and cheat on them and go on dating websites. It's like, dude, like, if you weren't ready to get married, then don't get married. There's no reason to, to do that. And, um, you know, a lot of people are, are not getting married anymore. The marriage rates are down and, um, it's for that reason. And at least those, you know, everyone's just being honest with themselves and saying, you know, marriage is not for me. Um, monogamy is not for me, but I'll tell you, you know, the big problem with, with just fucking around and stuff is the STDs and the STD rates just keep going up and up and up. And, um, a lot of people have STDs nowadays. So if you're going around and banging people, and a lot of these STDs, even if you're wearing a condom, you could still transmit them like HPV, for example, any type of contact, you know, eating a girl out, having her give you a BJ, that, that, that can transmit it as well. Herpes, gonorrhea, all these are very, very easy to transmit through, uh, through sex. So, you know, you gotta be aware there is STDs out there. So you wanna basically keep that in mind if you're gonna live that type of lifestyle. Go get checked for STD. <laughs> that's my advice if you before you get into a relationship go get tested for stds so this way when you're in a relationship and she comes to you crying that she has an std and accusing you of cheating on her you'll at least know beforehand hey i have this std yeah and if you get some strange like some on the spot kind of chance thing and you put on that condom it'll keep you safe from some things but like steve said there are other things like genital herpes like hpv lice that you're still gonna get even with a condom on you can still get it so look just tell her you like you like to look at her pussy make it real romantic but take a peek down there make sure there's nothing weird going on down there and yes some stuff won't show signs right but if you're gonna do it anyway you know you just met this girl uh, wh whatever the situation is put it on a condom you're about to go in there anyway just take a look if you see some kind of ra something rashy something not looking right just abort the mission man it's not worth it you know it's not worth it and yeah like a, a little rash on on the side of the labia that could be genital herpes and then you're kind of stung for life at that point and that'll get right around the condom you know that'll 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 get skin to skin right around the condom so you know just be conscious of that and take a look at it every time you know if you've got a girl that you casually see take a look at it take a look at it before you hit it don't be embarrassed don't be afraid and if she's too embarrassed and too afraid then maybe something's going on with her i wouldn't mind her taking a look at my joint uh before she puts it in you know just to say it that way you want to take a look at it go ahead get down there Turn the lights on. You know, it's fine. You should be able to do the same. And you could make it romantic. Don't tell her, you know, I'm checking you for rashes, right? But just do it. You know, you have to be adamant about it because HPV, lice, herpes, this stuff you can get even with the condom won't, won't make a difference. So, yeah. And it, HIV, guys, HIV is, is, um, is really bad. And Magic Johnson, uh, he used to be in the NBA. I'm sure Rick, you've heard of him, but he actually got HIV because when he would go on road trips, he would bang different chicks left and right. Um, and he contracted a HIV. So, 
yeah, it's, it's not something, you know, to t- take lightly guys. Uh, just, you know, make sure you're going to get STD tested. Um, it, it's, it's well worth it just for the peace of mind. That's that maybe a little too personal, but look, this is a podcast for men and this is the type of crowd that we have. So I, I can say things like this and it's all right. So there you go. <laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate you guys listening to this podcast, evolution.org podcast. Hit me up, Steve SMI on the forums. Um, And we will talk to you guys next week with some new episodes. Don't forget, every even episode is going to be a compound talk. And every odd episode is going to be a Q&A just like this one. Thanks a lot. Take care of it, Rick. Have a good night, guys. Have a good night, Steve. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.